Hello and welcome to Tribal Council, a show in which two brothers, who I'd never seen Survivor before, started from the very beginning and made it to season nine after a quick detour for season 41. I'm Patrick. And I'm Chris. And this week we're going to talk about the finale of season nine. But before that, uh, we've got some season 42 stuff to talk about. Drop the four, keep the two. We also have to make sure we welcome our returning guest from the premiere of season nine, Katie. For a second there, I thought you weren't going to introduce her until after we talked about season 42. And I was like, that's really wild. Oh, I Welcome back, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I want her input on season 42 stuff also. <laughs> and speaking of her input, she also tweeted at us uh, recently in regards to an ad that or a, a tweet from Survivor that's like a commercial for the new season um, yeah. where... Uh, this sound plays. Hold on. Maybe. Will it play? Good. Just make the sound with your mouth. Uh, yeah, I might have to. Okay, 42, so, the real quick. Can you hear that? Back. It's hungry. It's relentless. And it's coming for you. Season 42 is coming for us. And our guest Katie tweeted at us, why does this sound like a threat? I... Does he again say the monster is back? No, he says monster? season 42 is coming for you. No monster. No monster this season. Oh, okay. No monster. Season 41, watch. it was all about the monster, but there was no monster in the season. It was very infuriating. Oh, I would have enjoyed that. Uh, I think it is a threat. I think it is meant to be like, if we don't pick the winner correctly, we die. Oh, well, then both of you would die, but some of us. True, that's a good point. You didn't pick the winner for season 42 yet. Yet. So before we get into season nine, let's go through our lightning round with season 42. So we've talked about contestants' hobbies, their pet peeves, what we wouldn't know based on looking at them. This time, I'm going to read through their responses to why they believe they could be the sole survivor. Um, and I'm going to get a yes or no if you think they will make it to the top eight of the season. And I'll get this from Patrick this week and from Katie this week. They do not have to agree. They might be different a lot of the time. Uh, I'm going to share the person's name right after they say yes or no, just because it's our final week of doing this. So that way you'll hear it like connected right away with their statement. Do, um, all right. <clears throat> do I have flashcards? Oh, no. No flashcards this time. No, we don't. This is based purely off of what they said in an interview, not off of their name or picture no, or anything like just that. Just their vibes? Yes. You just, you just listen that. to it and you just give a yes or no. Okay. That's it. All right. You ready? Mm -hmm. This person says they believe they could be a sole survivor. Uh, for that question, they say, I'm truly a student of the game. I've watched all the seasons. I've studied the greats and I've learned the nuances. I am a subject matter expert in Survivor. Aside from having the tool belt to win, my motivations will push me through the cold nights and hungry days. I want to show black and brown girls that this game was made for us too. Yes. No. Tool belt makes you sound like a tool. That was Chanel. Um, next person. I truthfully think the odds are against me. It is all going to be a matter of threat management. I'm going to leave it all on the table. I will play my heart out because it will probably be the one shot I get. I've been waiting years and I want no regrets. I can't promise you I will win, but I can promise you I will have fun and make the most of this opportunity. Cancer survivors don't go anything less than full throttle. No. No. Yeah, I thought that was going to be a double no. The person doesn't even think they're going to win. Right. 
<laughs> that was Daniel. Uh, next, I believe my personality, physical strength, and ability to manipulate manipulate people to do what I want will help me get to the final. I'm able to see where different personalities fit in my life and utilize them when it fits. Yes. No, it sounds like a corporate job response. <laughs> that was from Drea. I feel like uh, the uh, the willingness to admit that you're being manipulative is a good thing. Uh, Drea, uh, also, fun fact about her, she is an all-American track runner. Um, next, I believe that I am well-rounded. I believe that I am a well-rounded individual with great logical sense, a strong ability to read social situations, amazing speaking abilities, and a strong desire to better my family's lives. There's no alternative besides coming home with a million-dollar check. No. No. Here's my, this is probably not great, but if you're going to talk up your speaking abilities, use a better adjective than amazing. That was, hey, and that was the first time Patrick said no to him. Oh, no! (laughs) Oh, wow. Hey was the first person in his family to go to college and graduate. He bought his first house at 24, paid off all his student loans by 26, and is the youngest associate director of analytics at his company by age 27. Lots of accomplishments for hey. Uh, yeah. Next, <clears throat> I believe it will be mentally, physically, emotionally, and socially the hardest thing I'll ever tend to do. It will break me down and challenge every aspect of my being. But I know that I am a survivor in life, and this will just be another aspect I will crush. No. All right. I next. think I say no a lot. <clears throat> oh, that was uh, Jackson. Oh, his name is uh, Jackson. Can I double know that? <laughs> uh, no. Next, I have a high EQ. In parentheses, emotional intelligence. This means wait, wait. Inte- okay, okay. This, this means I know how to read people well and understand what they are feeling. I'm also a great listener and leader, and know I will be able to gain trust. Here's the deal. I really want to say no, but I think it's actually yes. I'm gonna agree with Patrick because you know that like person on Twitter who's like, I'm an empath and then they're a sociopath. That's the vibes. That is Jenny, who Patrick has said yes to every single time. She is also, wait, a- and I did say yes. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's what I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why cool, I just cool. said the thing I said about you having <laughs> said yes every single time. Man, I'm so smart. Um, you've got a high EQ. Uh, this that uh, Jenny is a designer. She's also a certified Pilates instructor. Um, and some other stuff. Uh, next, my athleticism will help me greatly in the challenges. My wit and charm will help me outside of the challenges. I'm very strong-willed and determined. I will not give up on anything. No. Yes. Uh, that is Jonathan, who Patrick has said no to every single time. Uh, he also broke the Guinness World Record for most pull-ups with 100 pounds on his back. Oh, yeah, no. Definitely. Um, next. <clears throat> Buckle up. This is a long one. I can definitely outwit everyone since I am very familiar with dealing with different types of people and have always had a strategic mind. I can read people very well and I'm very good at persuading others. Plus, let's be real. People are stupid. And when people are hungry, they forget how to stay composed. Once you see the cracks, it gets easier to outwit. I can outplay everyone because I'm very competitive and athletic. So I should be one of the top competitors and challenges. I'm an animal. I can outlast everyone because I have grit. I have always been able to endure difficult and uncomfortable situations when needed. If I know there is a bigger outcome on the other side waiting for me me i don't break easily i have too much determination to ever think to quit i will be the final survivor so i almost everything about that makes me want to say no but i'm going to say yes only because let's be real people are stupid i'm also gonna say yes because this person sounds for them in life uh this is Lindsay. 
Um, she also is a dietitian and has started her own business. She's literally now a boss, she says. Um, her entire personality screams survivor. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> next, I believe I could be the sole survivor because I'm likable, funny, but also wicked smart and strategic. I'm young, but still super capable of holding my own. I'm honest, but willing to make big moves that change the game. I'm ready. No. I want to say yes because this gives me like Erica. She's yeah. 41. Yeah, she's yeah. 41. I think that true. she's in this season again. That is Lydia. Um, one of her greatest accomplishments she listed was um, riding Mickey's Fun Wheel at Disneyland despite being afraid of Ferris wheels. Uh, mm. Next. I feel real good about my no there. I feel real good about my yes. <laughs> next. My greatest asset is my emotional intelligence and ability to accurately read people. My game will be easy to argue at the final three. I believe being likable and smart savvy pays off in the end and secures the vote. Yes. No. If you were really emotionally intelligent, you would have called it your EQ. That was Maria, who Patrick has said yes to three of the four times. Um, she Her greatest accomplishment is living her life as she believes she should. <laughs> uh, she's also earned teaching awards and um, her kids, she says. That goes without saying. Uh, next, I believe I will win Survivor. But it is the third thing that you did say. <laughs> it was the last thing she said. She says, moms always feel like we need to say our kids are our proudest accomplishment. I think that goes without saying. Um, next, I believe I will win Survivor because I'm a social person and Survivor at its core is a numbers game. I've lived in diverse cities and also been in situation where I was the only black person. But in every situation I thrived and Survivor is another place where my resilience and personality will shine. Also, I never go down without a fight. When all hope is lost, I will be searching for idols, talking to people, and convincing them that me staying is best for everyone. I'm going on Survivor to win, and I will do everything in my power to do so. Yes. Yeah, I like this person. All right. Uh, that was Marianne. Um, next, I honestly think I can be the final Survivor because I possess all the attributes needed. I'll be a beast in challenges, a worker in camp, yet I'll make people believe I'm not a threat until it's too late. I also have the gift of gab. People will like me. Even Jeff. No, you can't be a beast at challenges and also not a threat. I'm going to say no, because why are you? Well, maybe that's just how I said it, but they included it in parentheses at the end of their statement. Uh, next, uh, this one's kind of long too. They must adapt or they'll be voted out of the game. A statement that has not changed. You can look to nature and Darwin's theory of evolution and see how the fittest survive, but the fittest may not be the lion in every situation. My ability to adapt, connect with others, understanding strategy and how to manipulate numbers, and most importantly, social awareness of myself and others are the key ingredients to success. I am not going to leave everything to starve on an island to let ever someone else win. I'm playing for me and my family, and no one will get in the way of that. I can't wait to do the show I love so much proud by not only winning, but being the first Indian and Muslim to do so. It would be a dream come true to see my nieces watch me win and serve as a role model that will never leave my mind. Oh boy. I'm trying to decide if I'm getting JD vibes from season 41 who went out early or Nasir vibes who didn't get like super far, but I think was final eight. Uh, both of whom I think were like big fans of the show and really wanted to come on. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say around yes. Patrick lightning round. Yes. Okay. No. Uh, Patrick said yes to that contestant three out of the four times. That was Omar. Omar's proudest accomplishment is setting their mind to become an exotic animal specialist. 
Can I change my answer? They are from Canada. And in Canada, they say it's more difficult to get into vet school than med school. Wait, really? <clears throat> and avian oh, yeah, slash yeah. exotics residency has the lowest admission rate of any specialty. I guess maybe a lot of people want to be vets. Yeah. Uh, next, because I'll never forget what I'm playing for, my family and the money, the sum of which would be a life-changing amount for my family. No. Yes. That was the first time Patrick has said no to Roxroy. Mm. Wait, what? This contestant's name is Roxroy. Can you spell that for me? R-O-C-K-S-R-O-Y. Is there a space? Nope. Fucking Roxroy is most proud of their family, also being the first in their immigrant family to graduate from a four-year college and always being faithful to my wife, kids, family, and friends. <clears throat> Next, I know I can be the final survivor because I am likable enough and persuasive enough to convince people to vote for me. I always find a way to get what I want. No. You didn't even convince me in your promo, so no. That was Romeo. Uh, they, their proudest accomplishments they have are several. They always dreamed of working in the industry, so they are. They always dreamed of owning their own pageant, so they do. They always dreamed of traveling the world, so they have or did. They always accomplish their goals. Wait, sorry. <laughs> what industry? The pageant industry. Um, they are a pageant coach. So, yes, the pageant. Okay. Um, next. We have, um, having grown up in the most competitive environment in America, I've gotten pretty good at persuading people to cheerfully act in my best interests and not theirs. Recommendation letters, winning elections, high attendance for all my events, etc. My entire life has been a highly successful exercise in persuasion. It sounds awful, but to some extent, I live every day the way Tony plays. I think That's Tony is the previous winner, but uh, I'll say yes. Uh, that is Swati. Patrick has said yes to her three out of the four times we've had them on here her greatest accomplishment is getting into every college she applied to because she worked hard for that uh she's also written and directed her own show and has a successful with a successful community response she's enlisted in the army national guard um and was raised to prior prioritize things like service to her country and the world uh next <clears throat> i am the total package i'm a strong social player because of my background in counseling and psychology so i understand human behavior i genuinely care about people and know how to connect on a deeper personal level i am an animal when it comes to anything physical because of my strength grit and unrelenting determination i've studied the game of survivor so i know what strategy will work in the game i come off as a very sweet trustworthy person but people have no idea what i'm capable of I know how to balance being a huge threat while also drawing people in and making them want to work with me. My faith gives me an advantage because I can rely on God when I am weak and can ask him for guidance. I'll say yes. I'm going to say hard no. Uh, that is Tori, who hasn't had that many yeses. Uh, and our last one. <clears throat> I love all the, of the core skills that you need to win the game. I'm extremely personable and make friends easily. I'm super intelligent and strategic with a vast knowledge of the game. I'm athletic enough to not be a liability, but enough to be a threat. And most importantly, I am willing to work harder than anyone to win. In speech and debate, I competed against hundreds of students from around the country every weekend. These people were just as smart as me, just as well-spoken, and just as talented. But I beat them because I worked harder and because I wanted it more. And the, and the same will be true for Survivor. No. No. No nerds. Um, that is Zach, who has mostly had no's as well. And his name's Zach. Bad news bears. All right, let me compile these results from four lightning rounds to see. Oh, no. Um, I will say after that lightning round, Patrick, you said yes nine times, and Katie said it only seven times. Um, one, Only one person out of all of that had a yes from 
Patrick all four times and from Katie this time. And that was Jenny. She's got your number. Or you got her number, <laughs> I guess. She's our winner. No. Um, is that Roxroy? Ooh, here's uh, the results of all that stuff. <clears throat> it's a lot. Um, nobody got... That is a lot. Nobody got all no's. Um, well, Jonathan did from me, but not from Katie. Right. So nobody got all no's. Okay. Uh, yes. Jonathan is, uh, I think, the only one that got all no's from Patrick every time. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll kind of maybe keep that um, around as we start going through season, as we start going through season 42 to see how good Patrick was at making some of these predictions based off of different things. Maybe it'll turn out by the end that like hobbies was the big predictor and pet peeves was not or something like that. Or maybe it's all random. No. Um, all right, cool. Well, that was our little section on season 42, but let's get into season nine because we got to finish this one out. It is our 10th season to watch. We've watched 10 seasons now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah it's a big thing. We're uh, like, what is that? Almost 25% of the way through? Yeah, 10 out of 41 seasons done. Look at us. We're making it. We haven't even been doing this for two years yet. Uh, yeah, that being back on the air is really going to slow us down, though. So that's a problem. We have so much more content for you, listeners. That's right. Uh, so let's talk about this finale episode. Um, we start off Eliza upset at Twyla, as usual. They just uh, really kind of go at it for a little while. Um, she's upset because Twyla in the last episode said that she didn't deserve to be here. Twyla doubles down on that and says it again, basically. Um, I did think Eliza brought up a good point that, uh, cause Twyla argued that she didn't belong here because she doesn't help out around camp as much. And Eliza was like, yeah, but that means I can do better in challenges. I was like, that's a good point. Actually. They did have a really great point when, uh, Twyla was like, well, I can do great in challenges too. If I wasn't working so hard. And Eliza was like, maybe, probably not though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was, yeah. Which uh, also was funny because they, I think they have both won the same amount of challenges, but. Maybe there's a point where, maybe it's somebody else. I thought there was somebody that said they like won the most challenges. That did happen. And I feel like it was Eliza because it was like a big deal that she won the car. Right? Yeah, I think that she won the car and then she won like, one or two immunity challenges maybe she won two immunity challenges maybe i'm not seeing it in my notes i must not have noted it down but maybe i just heard it <clears throat> um oh she did win she won immunity challenge and three rewards eliza yeah yeah i think she mentioned sometime it was either in this episode or during like the reunion that she had won the most challenges but i don't know if that is actually true or not it didn't feel like that because two of the rewards that she won were like group wins. Yeah, like still like individual things, but the group ones, like the the four person trip to the village and then the three person trip to the spa. Right. She was in both of those groups. Mm. Actually, um, she, Amy, and Chris were in both of those groups. We head to the immunity challenge where they have to climb up uh, these like vertical maze sort of thing to gather like these bundles of letters. I thought this was a cool challenge. This I was like, I want to do this. Yeah, it was so cool and also looked really uh, complicated in a way that like it was probably way harder for them to make a vertical maze than it was the normal maze that they do. 
Yeah. And so I'm like, I really hope that they do this more and aren't like, eh, that wasn't worth it. Because yeah. it looked way more fun than a normal maze. It looked like the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Or like uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. That is what I meant. Yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it. I was born in 94. Oh, Legends of the Hidden Temple is great. I mean, you also could argue, I guess, maybe that it looks like the Temple of Doom, like from Indiana Jones. I've yeah, seen that. Legends of the Hidden Temple makes a lot more sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. um but they uh, everybody is like battling pretty hard here except for scout of course because she like can't do anything um but i don't i here's my thing with scout accurate she's like way behind always because she has like a bad knee i think i am impressed that she like still does it like she could totally just be like there's no way i'm gonna win this i'm just gonna sit down yeah but would what do that every single challenge the physical ones. She had a wrong size kneecap or something. She did have a wrong did to hear that. That's so crazy. Um, <laughs> this challenge ends up with uh, pretty close between like Twyla and Chris, but Chris ends up getting uh, the solution, unscrambles letters, says final three and wins for immunity there. Um, and back- celebrates. <laughs> he does celebrate. He also back at camp him. celebrates and kind of makes a show of it to say that he has a final three with Scout, Twyla, and him. Um, Twyla is gloating a lot. Uh, Chris tells Twyla that it's okay to annoy Eliza now. Um, Chris is like, really? He, then he goes and talks to Scout, and then he talks to Eliza, and he's just trying to like play everybody to like make sure that he's hopefully going to be final two. Um, Eliza goes to Scout to tell her to try to make a deal with Chris and get rid of Twyla instead, and Scout says that she'll think about it, but I'm pretty sure we as the viewers knew that wasn't going to happen i uh i did though think like i think that chris's plan the whole time was to go with scout and twyla i think that he did genuinely feel bad voting out eliza and was like i think legitimately really struggled with this decision yeah i think so too i think he made the right decision but yeah yeah i agree i think it is the better gameplay decision that's why he did it but later on, other people in the jury, and then also Jeff at the reunion, kind of paint this picture of Chris as like manipulating people and using relationships, but not actually liking these people and like everything being fake. And I don't think that's true at all. Like, I think that Chris genuinely liked Eliza and felt bad voting her out, but it was a better gameplay move. They did flip the narrative on him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was weird because I was like, oh, Chris is heartbroken about this. And then it was painted even by Jeff as like, you are this heartless, like, strategist who doesn't care about feelings. And I was like, that's not what I saw. Yeah. And Twyla was like, really nice all along. And it seems like if they wanted to go with that narrative, they should have edited it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Even with... uh julie which we see from like later on in the episode how like she had a strong connection with him and then he like screwed her over um they are still well i guess i don't know still friends but um in 2013 she posted on her instagram a picture of him and says that the world needs a billion clones of him so oh that's so nice yeah, that was very nice julie also had a baby this month or like a month ago yeah i saw that not with jeff no not with jeff um we go to tribal council um 
Jeff reminds us that in the very first challenge of the season, Chris was the one that couldn't get across the balance beam. And look at him now. He's a winner. Well, not yet, but like to us, he is. Well, um, and he won the immunity challenge. Yeah. It's the point there. Yeah. Um, the With the voting here, Eliza voting for Twyla says, I'm voting for you for the third time this game. You're like the cockroach that won't die. And unfortunately, that's what happens to Eliza. She gets got. Uh, Twyla voted it for turned her. into a cockroach. Twyla said to Eliza, or voting for Eliza, that she has a lot of growing up to do. And Eliza has gone three to one, uh, which has happened 39 times on the show. We've seen it happen to Elizabeth, Tom, Gina, Aaron, Hel- Helen, Butch, Dara, Rupert, and now Eliza. And she gives a real dirty glare to Chris as she gets eliminated. Yeah. Which is understandable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Afterwards, the next day, uh, Jeff shows up that morning to camp for the final three. They tells them that they're going to take a boat out to um, the island where Roy Amata was buried. Um, and there'll be the torches from all the contestants who've been voted off this season. Um, I noted that there wasn't really anything like of note with this whole thing. Yeah. Nobody said anything that surprised me at all. Yeah, I did think the Roy Amata like burial site was kind of interesting, and Chris placed the spirit idol from that very first night on the grave, which was kind of cool to see that come back. And uh, Scout and Twyla placed the staffs that they, when they had to pick a leader back mm-hmm. at like the swap, they placed those. Um, or sorry, a chief, not a leader. But uh, yeah, so that was cool. Um, and I think it made me think about this season as a whole. And before we started watching this season, we very much were like, ooh, this feels like maybe it is going to be really gross. And I think it ended up not being very gross. With like cultural appropriation stuff and like painting it all in a bad light. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, We head to the final immunity challenge, which is the typical endurance based one. And they have to hold a like bow and arrow with the arrow pulled back for as long as possible. I thought this was like a neat take on it like a new one i think it might be my favorite one that i've seen so far it looked i think it would be very difficult like i don't think i would last very long well then they only lasted uh like an hour or so yeah yeah um but even then like that's an hour is a long time yeah also standing on two little pegs yeah right which is basically what does twyla and like scout loses from just not being able to hold it back long enough and then twyla and chris go on much longer and then in trying to like rebalance her feet twyla lets the arrow go pierce the little paper barrier they had and so chris wins immunity again guaranteeing him a spot in the final two and now he has to decide whether he's going to take twyla to the final with him or take scout to the final with him which is impacted by something important that happens during the challenge where like Chris and Twyla had clearly kind of had a conversation earlier of like, we should take each other because people kind of like scout and people have lots of reasons to hate us. And so we're better with each other. But after scout fell out of the challenge, she told Twyla to like, stay strong. And Chris was like, Hmm, interesting. Maybe if you win, you're not going to take me. And so he tried to convince Twyla to step down and Twyla refused. And so Chris was like, I don't think that you're going to take me to the final if I step down. Um, Which then led to this discussion after the challenge where Chris sits scout. He's like thinking this and sits scout down 
to be like, hey, I need to be honest with me. I'm not sure what I'm doing yet. Do you and Twyla have a final two agreement? And Scout says no. Which, like, they don't. She's honest. If she would have said yes, I feel like it was obvious and should have been obvious to Scout of, like, if if Scout had said yes there, Chris would have taken her to the final. Yeah, maybe. But he was, like, he was also shocked to hear her say no. Like, in such a way that he was like, oh, well, I kind of, like, am impressed that she was honest with me there. And so I don't know, like, if she had said yes, that's, like, what he was expecting to hear, if it would have changed stuff or not. I thought he was looking for a justification for the jury. Like, mm, well, she said this, so had to pick Twyla when it was really just he was going to pick Twyla the whole time. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I think he was going to pick Twyla the whole time, too, because she was liked by less people than fewer people than Scout was. So, like, it's a smarter decision there. We do we go to travel council. Last week, of, we, we imagined this final three, and we were like, Chris should take Twyla if he wins that challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we go to Twyla, Twyla Council, to Tribal Council, uh, and he chooses to take Twyla. He votes out Scout. She's been voted out. She got voted out 1-0, which has happened 15 times. We've seen it happen to Rudy, Keith, Lex, Kathy, Jan, Rob, John, Jenna, and Scout. Scout's middle name, Cloud, apparently. Scout Cloud Lee. This is uh, also is like... At Travel Council, Scout is kind of like, hey, I've made it really far in this game. This is great. And Twyla is like, I want to win. And so there's the added thing, as well as Twyla being easier to beat, of Scout's not going to be as bitter on the jury as Twyla would be. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it comes down to this. The final two are the two highway workers. Highway construction, highway repair. Yeah. It was faded. Me. Yeah, but like, I don't think that you actually thought he would win. Um, I picked him first. You did. That's Minute true. one, second one. And I picked Twyla. So, really, Patrick, you're the only one that didn't think this could happen. Patrick? Fair. But wait, I never mind. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so, we get the final day with uh, Chris and Twyla kind of hanging out. Um, Chris is trying to like talk Twyla into not taking shit from the jury. So that way, like if they ask her like hard questions, she comes back hard, uh, mostly just because he is not going to do that. And he just wants her to come off as like combative, um, which that- is a great idea and a great strategy. I think that if he hadn't done that, he would have won more what? because like uh, Amy mentions that she ends up voting for Twyla mm-hmm. because she's going to stick to her guns no matter what and isn't going to, you know, apologize for anything. And she's just unashamedly herself. I think that if Twyla had been a little bit nicer at tribal council and apologized and not followed Chris's advice here, that she would have not gotten Amy's vote. Yeah, but I think, like, with Amy voting for her for that reason is because it wasn't that she was just, like, playing like mean and back to the jury like that is twyla like that's how she is she would never have apologized i don't think she also yeah that's fair she also like does a confessional where she's like i know what he's doing she's yeah yeah that's fair uh so we head to the final tribal council we get some opening statements from them um i did think so i think chris absolutely destroyed this final tribal council like his answers i thought were really really good 
except his opening thing. He says he deserves to be in it because he's been loyal to alliances. And he says some other stuff, but I was like, that is not what you should be mentioning. You fucked over so many alliances at this. Like, why would you bring that up just to start? Yeah, I fully agree. And it's in a similar boat, Twyla's opening statement, she mentions her doing, uh, she wanted to win to get a better life for her and her sons. And I was like, don't mention your kids. That's what everybody's <laughs> so mad at you about for. Uh, but then like everybody gets to have their like comments or statements. Um, uh, unsurprisingly, there's several people like Eliza and Julie who are really upset with Chris because he like stabbed them in the back. Um, but he does a really good job of just like saying it was a tough decision for the most part. And like, he just did it. He did what he had to, to play the game. Um, and I just think he does a really good job of like, he answers, he does his answers, like specifically for the person who's asking the question. Like when Sarge asks him his question or talks to him, he like talks on like Sarge's level, which is very different than he would have talked to like Julie or Eliza or whatever. And it's like, Sarge, listen, we're going to be friends no matter what. Um, I don't care if you vote for me or not. That's not going to affect our friendship, which is like exactly what Sarge needed to hear, really. Yeah, I fully agree. Yeah, so I don't know how many of the specifics of these we want to go through or if there's ones you want to hit on. There was uh, some interesting stuff that I didn't expect with Amy and Leanne specifically being like, furious with Twyla in the same way that Eliza and Julie were furious with um, Chris, because I, I had forgotten about their like final four Alliance. And I also don't think it was edited as much mm -hmm. of like, they apparently Leanne, uh, Leanne, Amy scout and Twyla were in a final four together until the very end and scout and Twyla betrayed that. And I like, that was the whole uh, her swearing on her son thing of like, that, that is what she was swearing about. But what it was swearing about was never made as big of a deal as like the fact that she swore on her son and lied. And so I had forgotten about that and that they more than just like being bothered by her swearing on her son were like, we had an alliance and you betrayed us for seemingly no reason. Um, because we would have gotten to final four, like you, you would have been at final four either way. So why did you do this? Um, which like, yeah, I was really shocked by how genuinely hurt they were with Twyla. About yeah. That. And I thought Amy made an actually really good point with her, like start of the question. She said, cause the whole thing started off with Eliza coming out and like demanding an apology from Twyla and Chris and Twyla wouldn't apologize to her. And then when Amy comes out for a question, she says, you had the chance to make an apology for a million and you wouldn't do it, but you like lied to me for a million dollars. Like, what's the deal with that? Yeah. Point, like it's for a billion dollars. Just like apologize to Eliza. Like who cares if it's a real apology or not? <laughs> Give it a good old college try. Yeah. Um, but then she votes for her. Yeah, she does. That's true. <clears throat> um yeah so i thought like i thought chris did a way better job of going through here like after each person i was like okay well that person's voting for chris that person's voting for chris like it was like he was just like wrapping it all up so nicely um i did this think twyla had a really good final statement too though where she like actually like came around and let the emotions come through and said that she did apologize like she does apologize and uh 
she says it wasn't the game I intended to play. It was the game that ended up playing me. And she apologizes. And if, uh, says that to the jury, if they can forgive me, maybe I can forgive myself, which I thought was a pretty strong statement. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with that. I really liked her closing statement, but then Chris's was better. Yeah. Where he like went through and addressed each of them individually. Yeah. It was excellent. He brought Julie her hat. Like he had that just in his back pocket for the whole time. And he's like, Julie, I brought you your hat. I was like, where the hell did that come from? I don't even know anything about this hat. Right. Which that was like, okay. He does like genuinely care about Julie. Like she was not just a pawn in his game. Yeah. yeah, it does seem like Chris benefited from having genuine relationships with more than one person. And I think that Twyla had a genuine relationship with Scout, but Scout does not the jury make. Yeah. yeah. Also, wasn't Amy the one who was like, Girls Alliance? Probably why she was. Yeah, but she says in the reunion that that's not why. Okay. That she just like, she felt like Chris was deceptive and Twyla was herself. Okay. Yeah. So they all go place their votes. They show us that Sarge and Eliza vote for Chris and Scout and Amy vote for Twyla, um, which leaves uh, what Julie, Leanne, and, and Chad and Chad up in the air. They all end up voting for Chris. We'll find out here in a minute because Jeff takes the votes, takes a machete oh, and a torch. I laugh out loud. He I chops question. his way through the woods, gets to a plane, flies to California, says, this is where I get off, and fucking parachutes off the plane with the votes. That's not it. He hops onto a motorcycle, which has been rigged up with a specific holder for the vote urn that snaps it in, puts on some cool motorcycle glasses, and rides straight to Hollywood. This was incredible. That doesn't, that, that doesn't happen. That was just like, new no there's always some sort of transition One but it also like, is just like he jumps on a helicopter and then the helicopter is in new york and it lands and he gets off and he goes this was way more intense because well, like so much when from when they actually make the votes to read the votes is like a few months in between um but they always make it look like he's just like going straight to the studio or whatever. Like one time he like jet skied from like South America to New York or something like that. Um, this yeah. one was the most elaborate for sure. It, the, very early on when he was like taking a machete through the brush to find the helicopter, I was like laughing out loud alone on my couch. And when I say alone, I mean, Kayla was asleep beside me. Survivor, uh, Survivor Jeff was out. I very much was like, this is Survivor guy. Yeah. Oh, that's the one he saw when he hallucinated? Yes, exactly. And the, the skydiving. He, here's my question about the skydiving. When you do like a video of skydiving, how? 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 What do you mean how? There's another skydiver right with him who's just floating alongside him with a camera. But they have like close-ups where I was like, okay, that's another skydiver with a camera. But then they also had like far away shots where yeah. there was clearly not another person right there. Yeah. So they like, Twice. they have a guy get in there for close ups, then he gets away. So the other guy who's higher up, or maybe the same guy, can get some above shots. Like, yeah. How do you get away? No, you do it twice. You're in free fall. You do it twice? Yeah. No. Or if you they've just, got, no, no, not no, twice. no, you if you've got like squirrel suit sort of thing on, the person with the camera can do that to get wind resistance. They pop up while Jeff keeps falling down and they're above him. That's a good point. But a better point is that wasn't Jeff. That was Survivor Guy. He skydived twice. 
so they read the votes pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, Chris wins five to two and shouts, fuck yeah, and runs down to his family, which they had to bleep out, but was nice. Oh, speaking of bleeping, there was a whole lot of bleeping in this episode because Scout talked about Chris being up to his shoulders and bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that was like repeated frequently. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he actually said to her in his closing statements. He said, I'm a bullshitter, but I can't bullshit a bullshitter. Um, telling that to Scout. So then we've got Chris winning five to two. And we have a reunion episode where they talk about some stuff that is kind of interesting, kind of not. Um, I'm trying to look through my notes of that to see if there's anything that like I really want to pull out. The only thing that I had here was that like... Uh, I feel like the picture that they're painting of, Je- of the picture that they are painting of Chris is weird. Yeah, not accurate to what I saw. Why does Jeff hate Chris? Because his face is a brick. Oh, maybe it's because Chris likes Julie. Like not likes likes, but like they're mm-hmm. friends. Maybe. Uh, there was a nice quote from Leanne where Jeff asked why Leanne voted for Chris, and she said, "I promised Twyla I'd never write her name down." Yeah, it's very good. um i don't think there's anything else oh there was a weird turn of phrase from scout where she said she was puked out by all the self-righteousness and i just hadn't heard that terminology before yeah me neither but she was uh she was saying that she was like surprised by all the self-righteousness of people like upset at um twyla for like swearing on her son's life and she's like if you're so self-righteous then forgive her like what's the big deal and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, fair point. I do um, feel like this reunion was weird because the vast majority of it was just talking to the jury and the finalists. Yeah. And then Jeff opened it up to talk to the, like, pre-merge people <laughs> and Rory, I guess, like, right at the end. But did it in a weird way of just like, hey, what's going on in your life nowadays? Yeah. Um. Jeff uh, says that Twyla is probably the person who needed the money the most out of everybody. She works seven days a week, three jobs. Um, So hopefully the hundred thousand she got for second place was a big help. Um, uh, Chris's wife says that he lied to her when he got back home and said that he did get voted off that night that she came in for the challenge, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, And then like never told her that he was in the final. Right. And so every week she was there was watching it together and she didn't know what was gonna happen. That's which so is fun. Awesome. That's mm. fun. So oh, wait, I, he could have told her, he just chose not to. I think he's technically probably not supposed to, but people usually do because it's like their spouse. Although I don't think they were married yet, so maybe there's like special rules for that. Oh, that could be. Uh, so I did my usual uh, IMDb deep dive of all the contestants and got some stuff from that. Um, so Chris, the winner, was in a 2000 movie, 2011 movie called Bucket of Blood uh, with a very small role named Mannix. Twyla. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I need to talk about Chris a little bit longer. Okay. Chris is a highway construction worker in Ohio where we are born and raised and I currently live. And Katie currently lives and grew up in West Jefferson, which is like a suburb of Columbus, like pretty close to us. Like Chris, mm-hmm. if he still lives in that area, is like a hundred miles from me or less. 
definitely probably less actually yeah uh which is pretty wild i didn't realize that like he was from ohio in this episode in the finale he wears a hat that at one point i was i mentioned to kayla like i think that's a block o on his hat like i think it's a from osu ohio state uh it's like that's cool and then it's yeah he's from he's from columbus basically when they yeah when they talk about him they say he's from lincoln ohio which is like on the uh like west side of columbus yeah uh yeah yeah so that's cool yeah um twyla in 2006 so like a couple years after this season was on an episode of fear factor with some other reality stars and she was partnered up with none other than johnny fairplay oh i don't know who that is he's He's the worst the worst of the worst from season seven Mm -hmm. he's awful he made up his own nickname of johnny fairplay his own moniker. No, and he no, always, what did they he always do? Like, like this? He goes like this a lot. Johnny Fair. What do they have to do on Fear Factor? Uh, I, I like the idea also, that Fear Factor was to make their own nickname. No, he also, <laughs> while on the show, lied uh, and said that his grandma died to get some sympathy. She did not die. Well, she might be, she's probably dead now, but like at the time, wasn't. Probably would have liked him. Uh, on Fear Factor, they had to, the first, challenge was they had to drive around a race course and then enter the a demolition derby um and uh, johnny fairplay said that they're the best looking team and the strongest team and have the biggest cojones uh they get out very quickly from that demolition derby don't last very long um did you watch this episode yeah i watched the whole episode well no i watched until they got eliminated so <clears throat> that wasn't an elimination round that was to determine like some prize thing. Then in the second round, they had to swim through mud, retrieve some skulls while avoiding alligators. Um, at one point, Johnny Fairplay literally just laid in the mud. And when he was supposed to be like crawling backwards back to like Twyla and he was connected to a rope and she just dragged him through the mud. Um, they finished that challenge in 15 minutes. Uh, first place got eight minutes. So they were not so great. Um, but Johnny Fairplay did heckle a group so much that uh one of the women on the in that group uh freaked out and quit because she couldn't handle it um and then i cannot and believe then, that you watched a like 15 year old episode of fear and then that woman that he like uh heckled so much she quit came up and punched him in the stomach and joe rogan was like hey oh. you can't do that on tv like you can't assault people and then her husband who was her partner on this got all up in jeff rogan's face and they just fucking fought jeff rogan and this other contestant just started fighting i was like what is the show okay wait i take it all back i need to watch this you don't it was not good uh then the third round was it therapeutic to see johnny fairplay get punched in the stomach no maybe i just need to watch his wrestling career it wasn't even that good uh, yeah. In the third challenge, they are supposed to jet ski to a flaming houseboat, spray the fire with a fire extinguisher, rescue a dummy, and take it back. Uh, rescue a dummy, get it onto a helicopter, and then like swim back to shore. And the other, all the other teams went first. And Johnny Fairplay was like, uh, "We're not going to be able to beat that first place time. And the only thing that matters for is a prize. So let's just not do it." And so they're like, "Joe, we're not doing it." So they didn't do that one. And then in the fourth round, wait, wait. Wait, you get to ride jet skis. That sounds fun. Yeah, it, it did. It was a very exhausting challenge. The jet ski was a very brief part of the whole challenge. I a lot of swimming. Then in the fourth round, you need to like save the person from the houseboat. Yeah, 
But if there aren't any, if there isn't anything alive in a houseboat, I'm kind of like, I mean, let it burn, I guess. Right? Take the jet ski out for a loop and then come back and be like, we did it. <laughs> uh, then the fourth round, um, uh, or to make that deal to like give up on the challenge and not even try, Twyla makes him promise to not go out partying that night because apparently every day they've been shooting the show, he just goes out and parties and then he looks like hell in the morning. Um, and so she made him promise not to. And when he showed up the next day, he did look better. He says he was home by 11. Um, and so Twyla gets submerged underwater in this box filled up with bugs. And Johnny Fairplay has to dive underwater and like undo all of these straps for it. And he struggles big time, uh, but ends up getting her unhooked in a time of eight minutes, five seconds. The other three times. So his was eight minutes, eight minutes, five seconds. The other three times are one minute, 16 seconds, one minute, seven seconds, and 38 seconds. <laughs> do, do they at any point consider that maybe Johnny Fairchild just doesn't like Twyla? No, or he, that he actually the one doing those parts of the challenge. I don't think they got that choice. I think it was uh, like a gender split and they had to do it like the way that they were doing it. He did actually genuinely like seem to feel really bad for like being twilight getting stuck with him because he sucked up big time uh mike the miz who you might know from professional wrestling or from like real real road rules challenges from like years ago um he did all four things that undo in one breath underwater which is how he got a time of 38 seconds when johnny fairplay took over eight minutes so yeah i watched that whole episode of fear factor with twilight on it uh other contestants on the show that i got I'm from um, Scout was in a 2005 TV special called Real Gay, which was uh, just dealing with like uh, being gay. Um, Eliza, I think Eliza and Amy, I think, returned to Survivor. Um, yes, I saw that. Eliza was also on Amazing Race just a few years ago in 2019. Eliza also ran for office in New York and did Ooh. not win. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, uh, Julie was in a 2007 <laughs> Julie was in a 2007 TV movie called Hugs. I don't know anything about that movie. 2007? Uh, so that would have been like uh nearing the end of her and Jeff's relationship. Yes. Um Amy was also in a TV movie called Blind Man. She played the role of Denver Girl 1. Ooh. So big role there. Leanne was in a bunch of stuff. She was in a movie called Love and Fate. She was in a movie called The Thickness of Delirium. Um, she was in a movie. That's a good movie title. What? So that's, that's a, a good movie title. No. You want to know what it's about? No. Uh-uh. Okay. All right. Uh, she was also in Chronicles of a Love Unfound, Devolved, where she played Chet's stepmom, Beverly. That movie also has Chris Kattan in it. So it's like actually got somebody. And she was in a movie called Changing Hands. And then she was in. Oh, wait. No, that's not the one I watched yet. She was in a movie called McGruder and the Loch Ness Bone. Uh, not a porn movie. It is about a, a dog, a prehistoric bone, and a gang of bungling crooks out to thwart the ambitious plans of an eccentric Scottish paleontologist. That still could be a porn. <laughs> and then the movie that I did watch of hers that was available for like renting on Amazon for like three or four bucks was called Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. Incredible. <laughs> her role uh was Bro party massacre one just really needed well, so here's roles. the deal it was a purposefully like comedy horror movie there was no first and second one which they explain in like the intro 
Um, the movie was also done in a way that it was like, it was set up as like, this was the last found copy. It was recorded off of late night TV on a VHS. So it would like be interspersed with fake commercials during the movie. Mm-hmm. And one of those commercials was about, was a pizza commercial. And that's where Leanne shows up. She was credited as pizza judge. She maybe has like half a second of screen time. And you watched this whole movie? Yeah. The movie is actually pretty fun. Uh, it definitely didn't need to be like an hour and a half long, but it was pretty fun. Actually it has Patton Oswalt in it also as a police chief. Ooh. Um, it is, uh, it's in the wake, the movie is in the wake of two back-to-back mass murders on Chico's frat row. Loner Brent Torino must infiltrate the ranks of a popular fraternity to investigate his twin brother's murder at the hands of the serial killer known as Motherface. <laughs> that does sound fun. There are lots of fun, fun kills in the movie. That was pretty good. Was it better or worse than the episode of Fear Factor? Better, for sure. The Fear Factor one, I mostly fast forwarded. I just would like skip through until I got to the scenes that had Twyla in it. And then I'd watch that part. Um, the, she was also in a movie called The Missing Link, uh, which is a movie about a gay caveman. When an unexpected outsider arrives in their camp, a microcosmic group of cavemen and women find their world turned upside down by this mysterious stranger's evolved ways. Um, yeah. Not the claymation one. <clears throat> no, I don't believe so. So she was in all sorts of stuff. Um, Brady. Sorry. Yeah. The description of that movie also sounds like it could be porn. Um, well, I didn't read the next. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does it help that her character name in it is Muff? No. No. No, it doesn't. I don't think it was, but, you know, Good I don't know. Um, Brady from this season was in a 1998 TV movie, so before he was even on Survivor, Survivor called I Married a Monster. And John P. was in a movie called Soup of the Day. That's my IMDb deep dive of the contestants. Um, I did want to say a little bit about Jeff and Julie's relationship. Um, apparently, it started where after the show, Jeff emailed Julie an email just to say hello. And shortly after they started dating, this is all from their Wikipedia just season. Just to say hello. How many right. weeks? Um, there was like or maybe the semicolon because it was back in 2004. Oh, I didn't even notice this. Did you? This says that the relationship wasn't made public until the live airing of the reunion. When, as the credits rolled, uh, he began holding began holding her hand. I didn't even I, notice that. I read that between the finale and the reunion, and then looked for it in the reunion and didn't see it. Uh, okay. Um. Jeff expressed gratitude to Julie saying, I finally met someone who could teach me about love. Julie's given me a sense of balance. I've never had. It's like fingers interlacing. Um, They were together for three years and then broke up by 2008. Um, She is currently in a relationship and just had a child uh, a few weeks ago. How old do you think Julie was at the time they started dating? Oh, I guess I don't know, but I did look it up and like he's a good like 10 or so years older than her. Uh, 20. 20 years older than her. Yeah, I knew there was a big age difference. I couldn't remember. Okay. And she was only 23. So like 20 years when you're only 23 is a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Nice. Um, I for a while was like, oh, Jeff dates a contestant. It's probably not that wild. Oh, yeah, that stuff's always a number, but at a certain point, I I get icky. Yeah, she taught him about love. It was like fingers. You ever you ever you ever know about this? 
It's like that. Just like that. What? Ever what heard of is it? that? Fingers interlaced. L- listeners, Chris and Katie both just showed me what fingers interlaced looks like. To be fair, like to be clear, individually, because we're in separate states, so like we didn't interlace fingers. Why are you so against interlacing fingers with Katie? I just wanted to make sure they understood the full picture because interlacing fingers is a big deal, apparently, according to Jeff. But then we tried, so it's yeah. fine. Didn't work. Um, I also- go ahead. I was just going to talk about other things from yeah. the season. What do you got? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I feel like, from what I can tell, this season was kind of a love it or hate it with people mm-hmm. like uh it appears that it got a lot of negative reviews but then also from other people i've seen this as like one of their top five seasons um which is kind of confusing to me because like i didn't hate this season by any means i think it's actually one of my favorites that we've watched but i, I don't think it's like amazing I, like, I feel like it's it feels like a middle tier season to me generally yeah, I agree. I like it. I think from what I saw for people who voted low isn't usually because they specifically dislike stuff from it. It was mostly they didn't. And it's something that we actually talked about during the season. Like there weren't like stars of the season kind of like it ended up that like Chris kind of was or like Twyla maybe were like the stars of the season. But um, a lot of people just noted that they found it forgettable. And they also thought they were kind of annoyed by the battle of the sexist thing since it had already been done yeah that's fair i do feel like now that we've like finished the season i would say like chris twyla eliza amy julie were like the stars of the season which is i mean i guess that is like most of the final six or something but like i wouldn't include scout in that yeah um or leanne or chad (laughs) sarge was fun yeah. I liked when he almost cried and said, Twilight, your son's going to hell because you made that promise. That was pretty wild. That was, uh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Sergeant Tribal Council, like, really, really was mean to Twyla because she had, uh, like, sworn on her son's life. But that happened after he was out. <laughs> like, he didn't see it happen, just heard about it at Tribal Council uh it was like really harsh about it he was still not over it at the reunion yeah um they give us a little preview for season 10 it's going to be in palau fun fact about palau my old roommate and still friend sean uh interviewed to get a job there once he didn't get it um there's apparently a bunch of wreckage from world war ii there and they said 20 castaways this time yeah which i'm intrigued by I know at some point, like, soon-ish, they do four tribes of five separated by race, which is not this. That's not this one. Because I think I've, I feel like I know the name of, that's like, I was going to say Cook Islands. I feel like I know the name of that location. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. And a bad idea. But I, I when I heard twenty cast- castaways, I was like, "Ooh, maybe, maybe this is the four tribes of five situation." Mm. Uh, there also it, the preview for it says everything survivors expect will be wiped out in the first ten minutes. Yeah, I heard that, and I was like, "Fuck, we need to watch season forty-two first. Yeah, 
Um, I'm very excited for whatever that means. Jeff also closed out the reunion episode as it went to credits and said, Allie, your hair will grow back. Get better. Yes. I was did that like, it. you think that was like a, oh, you said you did Google that? Was that like a. I didn't come up with anything for me. Uh, I assume it was like maybe like a, not exactly make a wish, but like some sort of young girl with cancer or something like that. You guys, you didn't get the reference? Allie, Allie's hair? Oh, is it from Dude Bro Party Massacre 3? Because I'm pretty sure it's not from that. No, it's Dude Bro Party Massacre 0. Um, the, the birth of Motherface. Right. Um, all right. Well, we've got some business to take care of, such as Fantasy, where I, I almost not, forgot. <clears throat> where I did not win, um, even though Patrick had his people eliminated before me. I had a couple early eliminations that hurt me. And we don't even need to name an MVP because Patrick has the lead by four points and MVP is only worth at most three points. And so I can't beat Patrick. Um, also, and like, MVP would probably go to Chris anyway. So it would just make Katie get. Yeah. He won all of the challenges and won the show. So like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So the season ends with Katie with 49 points. I have 40 points and Patrick has 36. So Patrick is the winner. And current and is now tied with me for most wins. So I can't rub it in his face so much that I've won more than him. It's true. And as always, our last place person uh, writes some sort of tribute to the first place person. And Katie agreed to do this at the beginning. I believe this is going to be a diss track about Patrick. Yeah, performed by middle schoolers uh, who don't know who Chris Chan is. That's important. Um, also Chris and I barely know who Chris Chan is, but, uh, yeah, Katie My, leads Bible study with some middle schoolers and she recruited them to write a diss track about someone they didn't know. Well, some of them know me, I guess. The extent of what I know about Chris Chan, because Katie told me to look up Chris Chan before this is that they are a popular online figure and that in August 1st of whenever this article was written last year. They were charged with incest after a leaked phone call purported that she had sexual relations with her 79-year-old mother. Yep. <laughs> I mean, like, incest is a problem. I don't think I realized it was, like, a crime. You said she was charged with incest? Uh, a documentary on YouTube. Charged with, yes. I'm never going to watch this, like, 19-hour documentary. Her well, life has been... Uh, extensively documented since 2007 when users on the fringe chat 4chan caught wind of her comic Sonichu, a cross between Pikachu and Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep. You're on your way to becoming a Christorian. So, hey. All right. So how, how are we uh, here in this, this track? Well, I, I have it on my phone. Okay. Yeah. To be devastated? Yes. I've never met someone so quick to cosplay Chris Chan. Chan. Your head looks like a yam. Yeah. <laughs> You're built like pack. You're very old, just like your ass old ass car. <laughs> You're just like a basic white girl with dirty shoes. <laughs> you look like you direct a cruise. <laughs> You're a funny child wrestler. You're a horrible stay-at-home texter. Texter! <laughs> You're a no good washed up like the dictionary. Friends with you was like playing Pictionary. Not funny. <laughs> Not funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, my three favorite parts of that are whatever line ended with shoes and then the crowd goes, shoes! <laughs> uh, also, you look like you direct a cruise, sick burn, and being what friends with What does that mean? And, oh, you know what it means. You look like it. And being also, friends with you is like playing Pictionary. Not fun. <laughs> not fun. <laughs> you, you're a horrible stay-at-home textler? Te- <laughs> yeah, we... Some of the rounds are stretch. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Patrick told me who won 40 minutes before I got here. So. Yeah, that is yep. mostly my fault. Yes. Uh-huh. Hey, you, I knew who won like six days ago. Would have been nice to share that with me. <laughs> I, Katie and I did talk about like the fact that Chris had won the show and never asked me about who won fantasy and I forgot to tell her. So yeah, I take responsibility for that, but you know, you don't have to be mean about it. Cause apparently my head looks like a yam. So yeah. But uh, also Katie as an additional prize gave me a little plastic frog. Um, frog. So frog. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, you know, can't be mean or can't be mad about her being mean because I have a frog too. It so. was devastating though, right? You're it devastated. was pretty devastating. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, uh huh. <laughs> All right. Well, um... is the dictionary washed up? Uh, yeah. No, but I thought you would think that that was hurtful because you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a fitting way to end our season nine here. We uh, wait. Why think, is that fitting? I don't know. I had <laughs> because you're washed man. up. You're washed up, and you know they they washed up on the shore 39 days ago. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Thanks, Katie. Uh, well, thank you, Katie, for guesting for us for the premiere and finale of the. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I thank assume you for, not for much has changed, and you still would not like to appear on the show Survivor. No, I would do terrible. I. Look how pale I am. I would burn to a crisp day one. Then you do some sunscreen. I wear 100 SPF and have a shawl and have a parasol that is blocks the light. No, I'm a vampire. I can't do that. Um, Imagine. I bet a vampire would do pretty well on Survivor. No, they would die in the sunlight. Yeah, but like if it was like Survivor Caves. Oh, I would do Survivor Caves. (laughs) <laughs> i think uh i don't know i don't know if vampires would i feel like people would vote them out pretty quickly they wouldn't think they could trust them they can tell you. yeah they like have the manipulative Mind ability yeah they can control, control you this isn't twilight chris mm. well no see twilight vampires i think would do okay do you ever see them play baseball i mean come on they but they can only do that during a thunderstorm yeah <laughs> yeah well who knows what happens So this ends our 10th season we've watched on this podcast. Next week, we are going to start season 42. Uh, We're going to have have, uh, my friends Katie and Bianca as guests. And uh, we will do a quick uh, talking about how we pick people for fantasy. We're going to do it the same way we did with season 41, where we're going to have a website like tracker points for us. Um, And we cannot close yet. Because last week, we essentially yelled at our listeners 
and said that they better email us. Yeah, they didn't. I didn't get a single email. Uh, I wasn't going to bring it up because I felt real bad about it because nobody emailed us even after we yelled at them. What's your email? Travelcouncilpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So listeners, if you want to talk to us about what's coming up in season 42, or if you want to, you know, if I want to pull an Eliza here and request an apology from you listeners for not emailing us, uh, do that. You can email us an apology for why you didn't email us about stuff. You could actually still email us stuff regarding what I requested last week, which is all the stuff we've read about the contestants for season 42. So tell us your hobbies, your pet peeves, things we wouldn't know by looking at you, why you could be the sole survivor. Um, so that way we can talk about those on our podcast as we go through season 42 weekly. Um, you can email us at tribalcouncilpodcast at gmail.com, or you could tweet at us like uh, Katie did at Tribal Council 20. And for this week of Tribal Council, this wait. is Chris. Wait, check your email. <laughs> Oh, wait, no. Oh, this just in. Hold on. Hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. Wait, one of these tabs has my email. Oh, we got a we got a listener email from, uh, I'm going to say Katie F. They didn't say if we could use their like last name or not. Um, and they say, I heard Patrick Head looks like a yam. <laughs> yam. This is Chris signing off. This is Patrick. Yam Head. <laughs> this is Katie and I'm never coming back. <laughs> And the tribe has spoken. One third of that tribe is a yam. <laughs> <laughs>